Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I am super excited today because I have one of my girl crushes on the show and fellow Dear Media podcaster, Molly Sims, looking beautiful. You are today all the way from L.A., welcome, Molly. All the way from La La Land. We miss you in La La Land. Well, you know, it's not the same without you coming back and forth. I know I miss coming, but it's just so impossible with COVID. It's made it impossible to travel to America. I was coming out to go to Miami and I got turned away at the airport because I'd been in Europe. Can you believe it? If you've been in Europe, you couldn't come in. If If I came from Dubai, I could come in. Isn't it crazy? I know we were just um, traveling for the first time to Europe in I think like 18 months. And it was a lot of work, a lot of steps, a lot of papers, a lot of testing, but it was so worth it to be able to go to Europe and just have that moment. And um, I thought that you might like this because I am coming up on my 10 year anniversary. Wow. With my husband. So in a few days, we will have been married 10 whole years. Well, I mean, Molly, I, you know, I was married 18 years. I know. I know. And I love the name. I love the name of your podcast so much, Divorced But Not Dead, because I truly sometimes think that women think it's over. I'm done. I'm finished. Like, and they always talk about the man, like having like, you know, he can do anything. He can stay in his Peter Pan. He can go back. He can have babies when he's 60. But I think for women, like I do think that narrative and, you know, thanks to, you know, women like you, um, I do think that's changing. Like, I think it's more than that eat, pray, love moment. I do. I think women, women are badasses and look, it's not easy to have it all. I think sometimes when I'm like really doing well, momming, like I'm a great mom, then I suck at my work. You know, I think that work-life balance, I think women are definitely having like a rebirth, especially the women who were, were married and thought, okay, I don't have to stay in us. I mean, 18 years, that's, that's 
That's well done. That's my point, Molly. I don't feel sorry for myself. That is exactly it. That was well done. I had a great marriage. You have a great marriage. That is amazing. As long as we're all happy in it, I celebrate whether you're in one, leaving one. I'm definitely not an advocate of jumping out of marriage. If you're happy and it's working for you and it sounds like you have an amazing marriage, you have an amazing relationship, I mean, you're still 10 years in, you're still in the honeymoon phase, frankly. It's fantastic. We're still early. (laughs) You're still early. And, you know, the great thing is, I think, you know, you've obviously, again... It's an interesting dynamic because I always say to women, and what I love about you is you're clearly still working. You know, you've you've married an extremely successful man. For those of the people out there that don't know who Molly's married to, he's the um, CEO of Netflix. He's the head of film um, for Netflix. His name's Scott Stuber. He's really a sweet, sweet, tall man. Tall's important. But the fact, well, he kept us all going through COVID, let's face it. Thank you to... Scott, for all the TV, pro- all the programming and movies out there that we have been watching, um, without whom we would have died of boredom, I think. Um, <laughs> but in the, you know, the great thing is that what I was saying is that you, quite frankly, could be sitting at home twiddling your thumbs and going to Chanel daily, um, but you're not. And that, I think, women is what women make the mistake all the time. They lose their identity. They marry these men, you know, and. And they give up everything. They give up life. And before before you married Scott, you were also a big working woman. Explain to people your sort of career tra- trajectory and how you, you know, what you did before everything as well. Because I think it, you've got to teach women not to give up yourself and your sort of life. I think, you know, I mean, for me, I grew up with, you know, my both my parents were still together they had a very successful company. So I grew up with my mom walking four miles a day, getting us off to school. They own two companies, a wholesale book company, and then a recycling paper company. And so I always had that role model of someone who would work really hard and play really hard. And she was a fantastic mom, but I lost her last year, sadly. But I do think that women sometimes like, you know, they're so excited to get the ring and to get engaged and to call them the the fiance. And then they get married and it's like their life stops. Part of their life literally stops. And I think for me, you know, I was definitely someone who I never wanted to get married early in life, not because of anything wrong with it, but I wanted to travel. I wanted to do things. I wanted to have a career, but I never thought, when I got married, I was in that career. I would just think I would do better in my career. And I think for women out there, sometimes they, they get married and then they're like, then it's done. I mean, my story was I went to Vanderbilt university. I'm from Murray, Kentucky. I wanted to be a lawyer and go into political science. And I ended up in New York in between my sophomore um, and junior year. And then I went to Europe um, on a whim. And I stayed there off and on for six, seven years. And I dated a really amazing, I dated a, an English fireman on the blue watch in Piccadilly. I dated a French. I love that. Wait, wait, an guy. English fireman. That's so sexy. Oh, his name was Simon Ford. I love and a man he in was uniform. so hot. <laughs> and I fucking loved him. I loved him. I still love him. And then I had, you know, this 
crazy Frenchman for a really long time. We were engaged and I called it off and I was monogamous and, and which was great. I always wish like, I'm like, I wish I could date like many people at the same time, but I could never do that. But I really started to have a hard time. Like in my mid thirties, I was on a show for a long, long time. I was playing pregnant in the last season of a show called Las Vegas on NBC. Josh Demel was my quote unquote husband. And not a bad, I don't husband. know. I know. So you get to kiss Josh every, every single day at work. Um, you know, I, I had a little bit of a hard time. Like I had a few years where like, I was really upset, depressed. I couldn't quite figure out the kind of guy that I wanted. You know what I mean? Like I would go for like the dead diseased bird on the side of the road that I would love to fix. That was just like, dead, just wounded. And I loved it because I thought I could fix it. But then that's not who ultimately you marry. And, you know, I'd known Stuber, I'd known Scott, my husband for a long time, but he was always dating somebody and I was always dating someone. And it was the year that I was like, I had had a really bad breakup like four years earlier and I could not seem to get out of it. I was dating someone younger. That was a disaster. So I spent an entire year and he, I'd met him back at the beginning of the year and he asked me out periodically for all year. I think it was in 2009 and 2009, 2010, we got married in 2011, September, but I need to date. I need to have fun. I need to do, I need to find me. And it, maybe it was my eat, pray, love year. I mean, it was a tough year, but it was a great year. So we ended up getting together. And then he just like, I found that guy. Like I found that person who he loved his job. He loved his life. He wanted a family. He was ready. He'd had his Peter Pan a lot. And everybody, I will remember all my girlfriends being like, oh, he's such a Peter Pan. He's dated like so many women. I'm like, good. That gets it out. Gets it out. So important. I don't understand when women say to me, oh, but he's a player. And I'm like, yeah, well, everyone's a player until they're not. That was my thing. Everyone's a player until he's not. Um, and we definitely had like, I think there's a difference dating someone when you're both in your 20s and now you're in your late 30s. There's a definite different dynamic of like, this is not going to work for me. We broke up once. I remember I was in a white shirt, V-neck, leather pants, Chloe boots, and he was acting like an asshole. And there you go. And I was like, I held my own. I'm like, well, if you don't want to call me, then that, that's all right. But I'm, I'm like moving on. Anyway, cut to we, um, we dated and I thought, Caroline, we went to Africa. I was like, I am going to get engaged. This is the day. My nails are done. My nails are done. Now, one day, two days, three days, he was shooting a movie called Safe House and he'd invited me to come. I'm like, okay. I told my girlfriends, I'm like, Emisha, who I do lipstick on the rim with, I'm like, this, this, it's happening. I am, it's, it's happening. And so the final night, there was like rose petals and all of this. And I'm like, oh my God, he's not going to ask me. Why did you look at rose petals and think he's not going to ask you? Because this was the, like the sixth day we've gone to like safaris. We've gone on set. We've gone to wine. Like he's taken three days off. Like rose petals are in the bathtub. They're on the bed. It's like lights, candles. It's like, this is like, if you set it up perfectly, this is your moment. And so it didn't happen. And then we were both, I was leaving the next morning and we got into the, he was like, what is wrong with you? 
And finally, I just looked at him. I'm like, I actually thought we were going to get engaged. He goes, why did you think we were going to get engaged? I'm like, it's Africa. And he goes, it's Africa. I'm like, it's Africa. Why wouldn't we get engaged? It's Africa. We've been dating like a year and a half. And like, I was so set on it. And he was like, why would we get engaged in Africa? I'm like, because it's Africa. Anyway, long story short, we didn't speak for like a week. And I definitely, I don't know. I just had it in my mind. And so I will say that I was, he's not listening to this podcast. I was a tad bit wrong to like, to his point was that he was shooting, he was working, he wanted to see me. And to my point was like, well, we're in this amazing setting. It's Africa. Anyway, we ended up getting engaged in my closet. And there was a rule that I finally um, started to live by. It was that I wasn't going to sell my house until I was engaged. I had a beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills. And he kept saying, just sell it, sell it, move in with me. And I'm like, no, I, I really, I have my own thing. I've been down that road before. I've, I've learned not to do that. I ended up getting a really good offer. And so the day I was closing, I was really sad because I loved my house and I came back and I went into my closet and he was in my closet and he got down on one knee proposed and we weren't here. We were at his house, but he'd made the closet bigger for me. And oh, so the and dream my parents were, he, <laughs> I know. he gave me a closet and my parents were down. He'd flown my parents down and they were in my kitchen. And I have to say it was, it might've been better than Africa. It's I get better a than Africa. Africa's cliche. It's been done. I know. No one's got proposed to in a closet. No, no one. but I just say like, I never stopped working. The day we got married, I didn't stop working. The day we had children, I didn't stop working. And he always says he loves that I work because I have something to talk about as opposed to like the kids or like. It keeps you sexy women. It keeps women sexy. It keeps them on their toes. It's so important. I remember giving birth and going straight back to work. I literally took the twins with me and put them under the table and continued. But, you know, that's just how I am. And I think it's so it's so sexy for a man. There's nothing worse than getting the ring. And then they just give up exactly who they are. And then that was the person they fell in love with. Then they don't recognize you anyway. And that is why you have a successful marriage. And I think this is a very key thing. And look how, look how busy you are. I mean, he must be. And the thing is the great thing about it, you know, even if you choose a powerful man, which you have, right. So you have all these things, but what, what he really gives you. And what I'm hearing is he gives you the stability to be able to go out and make your own choices. Because look, if the shit hit the fan and if you made a stupid mistake, he is there to catch you, but he's not the be all and end all. He's there, he will help if needed, but otherwise, which gives you the wings to fly, really. And that's what you're doing. I've always been a woman to take chances. I've always, I've always bet on myself. I have always gone by the rule of, you have to spend money to make money and always, always, always surround yourself with smarter people than you. I also, Carolyn, I like what I do. Like I like connecting people. I love beauty. I mean, my podcast is with my best friend of 17 years and we drink and talk about beauty and wellness. Like I truly love a laser appeal, a product. Like, and then on the other side, you know, I love my producing. I love you know, I'm big picture. I love a script. I love turning it into something. So in that way, I will say he's given me this ability to take chances and also to fall, which 
only makes your marriage stronger. I think on the flip side for him, he was at a very pivotal point in his career. He'd been at Universal for 20 plus years. He'd had his deal. And then he got this amazing opportunity between Paramount and Netflix with Reed and Ted and Ted being so incredible. It's like, do you do the dinosaur or you do the newborn? And I was like, we got a newborn. Let's go. You know what I mean? Let's do this. It's so I think I also gave him the opportunity to fall. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, ah, sell a house. Who cares? Like money's just me. It's, it comes, it goes. It's, it is what it is. So let's take a little break from the show and discuss one of my favorite collaborations actually, because with the world we're living in, it's kind of crazy right now. And it's moving so fast and changing. And it's, I think a lot of people feel they can't keep up with it. And that's why something like Talkspace is the perfect place for you guys to go. It's an online therapy that can simply manage stress, process significant life changes, and so much more that when you feel out of control or overwhelmed, you can literally just pick up the phone, which I think for everybody in a very busy life, this is the most amazing way of being able to reach a neutral third party that can have a massive impact on your life. And, you know, I think all the people around you and the stresses of today and causes and the relationships we all have, they all affect us in very many different ways. So frankly, having someone to be able to talk to just helps let that frustration out. You know, you can talk about things like frustration in your own relationships with your family or your partners. I think a lot of us have got, you know, more time with with loved ones than maybe we've ever had due to COVID and the, you know, the world we're living in. So these kind of things, it's just a place that you can express your frustration and you just have a neutral person to talk to with no judgment. Talkspace connects you to a licensed professional to help you simply work through your feelings. I have realized how important it is, you know, having a blended family because, you know, my kids need someone to talk to. So I think it's a very interesting platform, you know, less scary than maybe going to an office and feeling like you're sat in front of someone that just you can have this very personal chat to on, you know, on your phone at any time. You know, with the kids' schedules as well, it's quite hard to sort of manage work, kids' life, therapy, all of these things. So to have a therapist at the end of a phone um, that's experienced and one you believe in is such a blessing. And Talkspace offers individual therapy, couples therapy, medication, prescription services, all of these things at the, you know, touch of a button. It's so easy. So if you need a little support or help to go through the end of the year, or you want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help you. Match with the licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code DND. That's $100 off when you use code DND at Talkspace.com. Let's get back to the show. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. I think that when you find the right person and your stride with each other, 
you do have this amazing, when you get that connection where you can say, it doesn't matter, I can live in an apartment, I can live in this mansion. And you see, especially in Hollywood, you see, you know, people have it and they lose it. There by the grace of God go any of us, frankly. And I think it's a very interesting uh, sort of point to make. You can be at the top, but you can lose it overnight. So it's so important that you have this connection and this this ride or die beside you and that you've got your friend and you're doing something that you love. Because no matter what happens to you in life, you will always be able to hustle and make money. And I see it all the time with other women that just don't know how to do it or have been run by their partners and they're not their partner's partner. That's a really good point you make. And also like, I'll ask some of my friends, I'm like, well, you know, how much money is in your community account? Like, where's your money? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, what do you, what do you guys invested in? I, I don't know. I'm like, you should know. Like, that's the best advice I could give to either single, dating, married, whatever. Know what and where your money goes. Like, be involved in the process, especially if you're married, because shit happens, things happen. Like, that's really important that you're not just left in the dark of like, oh, he'll take care of me. Maybe, or maybe not. Hopefully. More and more. I live in the Middle East, darling. <laughs> so I watch it all the time. And I would never, I never leave myself in that position. And actually I'm, you know, the, the, from my divorce, I've actually becoming much more successful than I was married. And just because I'm just so driven and happy now. And, you know, that's not to say, I mean, he's a great man. We're still friends and I, he lives next door actually. So it's actually perfect. You know, I just think the freedom freedom to be me. And just, I'm a different, I'm just more of a different kettle of fish, you know, and, and I finally found my stride. And it sounds to me that you are able to give that within your relationship, which is again, something when you've grown up together in a way, it's a different type of relationship. I grew up with my, with my ex-husband, except I had this sort of parent teacher role whereas he was always the teacher and I was always the child. So I think now I'm best friends with my partner and we have such a giggle together. And I think, you know, you seem to have this equal relationship. Are you the same age? No, he's five years older than me. So I just turned 48 and he's- Oh my God, you look amazing. I've, I used to have really bad melasma and hyperpigmentation. So I spent the last like two and a half, three years getting it all off. What laser did you use? Cause it's fabulous. Your skin looks amazing. You're going to hate this, but I'm not a big laser. I'm really dark. I'm olive. And so I think the more you do a laser, you just really have to be careful. Unless you're going to say to me, I'm never going back in the sun again. I think you have to be really, really tricky with lasers Cause I think it, it's great for like three, six months. And then you get dark spots, you get dark spots. So I've I've kind of gone the other way. I've just been really consistent with like seven products, which I'm trying to turn into my own thing because I literally, I mean, I had patches here, here, here. I mean, I would have an acne scar for, oh my God, for like a year. Like I'd have one big, I used to have cystic acne and have like one big spot, but I do think lasers are good. And I always will recommend a peel every couple of years. But I think the women who constantly do lasers, you see their, their skin is thinning, gets shiny. See, I could go on. I could just like talk about that. Forever. No, but your, your own perfect um, commercial. I have to tell you, I would go, whatever those seven products are, send them over because I will be buying them. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one product <laughs> you need to get. Um, 
Biologique Recherche P50 1972. And it smells awful. It smells like vinegar and pee put together. And it's an exfoliant and it's a toner that you're going to put on your face at night, two full swabs, four times a week. And what it does is it really tightens your pores and it exfoliates all that dead skin off. If you have really dry skin, I'd recommend three times. If you're really oily, if you really want to try to start to really get the pigmentation down and the hyperpigmentation um, less splotchy, I, I mean, use it four times a week. And it is a, honestly, it is a miracle changer. It is strong, which is why I'm working on it to not be too strong, but it's fantastic. I'm telling you, I mean, I'm 45, but you look younger than me. No, you I look, don't. no, you do. You look incredible. Honestly, this, this is one of my number one asked questions is beauty. I think this is another whole topic because this is exactly what I'm talking about because women at our age were told, especially in Hollywood, we aren't getting anyone. We can't remarry. We're not going to get anyone good looking. We've got kids. Life is pretty over for us. Whereas you, you and I, you look unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's incredible. I can't, I can't, I'm in shock. You're 48. I really am. And you should, oh, quite frankly, no, if I was you, I would just wear a t-shirt saying that all the time because you look incredible. And that to me is women need to know their forties. I feel better than I've ever felt. But Caroline, I also like you, I take care of myself. You know, I, I have a hard time when uh, my best girlfriend was really gaining a lot of weight. And she didn't have children. And I've known her now almost 10 plus years. And overall in the past like seven years, she probably put on a good like 60 pounds. Wow. And finally last summer, I looked at her and I just said something. And you know, I am that girlfriend who you can come to. And I'm really honest. If you don't want me to tell you, don't ask me because I'm really honest. And I just said to her, I go, look, I think something's wrong with you. I said, I don't know what it is, but something is wrong. Come to find out, she flew here. She met with, I have some great doctors. I have an endocrinologist named Jordan Geller. I have an autoimmune thyroid problem. And she met with another woman named Susan Baker, who's also just incredible GP, rheumatoid, autoimmune. She's incredible. And come to find out, there were like three things wrong. She's now lost almost 55 pounds, there was no way she was going to, to lose it. And she was becoming more depressed and she had something in her pituitary that was causing like weight gain. And then this was off. She did it that. Like, and so I, I always tell women, like if something's wrong and you know it, like be your own advocate, but also take care of yourself. You know what I mean? Like a lot of women don't know that something's wrong though. You know, when you hit 40, I get it a lot. How do you stay so thin? I, I'm not on a diet. I, I'm five or six pounds heavier than I ever was before. And I'm not losing that. I've understood that my body has changed. I was very small before. And after 40, I think your body does naturally change. So I think a lot of people just accept that this is how life is going to be. And it's not like I go to the gym every single day. I'm not crazy, but I, I believe in taking care of yourself makes you a happier, more fulfilled person, which is why you can't, you know, there are women like yourself who are, can be married to a successful man and then sit there all day going, well, you know, he can go off with somebody else or I'm not good enough. Or what if he leaves me tomorrow? You know, 
you have to be an incredibly strong, independent woman to be able to stand next to such a successful man, you or anybody else, right? To ha- to believe in yourself. Otherwise, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that, you know, if you don't feel good about yourself, then, you know, the men don't want to stay by that. Who wants to stay by that? And I also believe that, like, it takes work. I mean, do you really go to the gym every day? Do I really want to go down and do intermittent fasting, drink a stupid ass horrible shake. But then I don't know. I do feel better. I feel better. Like, you know, if we drink too much or whatever, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like, I feel so hungry. Like I can tell. And then when I do it and I take care of myself, like it's the same to goes with my husband. He sees me taking care of myself. He sees me. So then he starts to take care of like, so we kind of work off each other. But I do think sometimes women just sit and they don't realize that a time passes you. And you sit around and you worry and you worry, spend all, take that worry and put it into something, whether it be a job, a project, the self-care, I think is so important. I think so many women's don't, so many women don't realize, like you were saying, and they're, they hit forties and you're like, wait, why do I feel different? Wait, why look different? Wait, why do I stress differently? Those moments are hard and how you get through those moments. Like my husband and I talk about like, work a lot. Like everyone in their life is probably going to get fired. If you're in a job long enough, you're probably going to, something's not going to work. And I also think it's, it's how you get into it. And it's also how you get out of something. It's like ebbing and flowing. It's like for me being broken up with, I got broken up with so badly. I was dating a Cuban guy. He was fabulous, totally crazy. And then I just kind of like stayed low down in it. I mean, like I could talk about him and the world for like, you know, months and days until I slowly came out of it. It's, it's, it's not how you get into it. It's how you get out of it. That has served me well. And also being honest with yourself. I mean, I had certain relationships where I would walk, walk around on eggshells. And like you were saying, I'm so much better now. I'm so me. I feel great. Even though your ex-husband is next door, you also want to clock that when you can't be yourself, when you're trying to like be something for someone else. I remember I was dating someone early on and they liked Heineken beer. I fucking hate beer. I drank beer for like a year because I thought, oh, I'm cool. He likes me because I drink beer. Like I was trying to make him like me or we were living in an Airstream. I'm like, I don't even want to live in an Airstream. Who wants to live in an Airstream? No, no one wants to live in an Airstream. I've done the same. I've turned myself into what every boyfriend ever wanted of me. And, and, you know, I think that that's where I am now. I won't do that for anyone. I'll never do that again. I'm exactly who I am. And that took two 40 something. And then I, but you know, we're lucky because when I hear you talking, you've, you've clearly dated and learnt. Now we all have, and, and I've been in, especially in LA, like the dating pool is quite small. It's quite hard. And we all have older women, friends of ours who just haven't unfortunately met the guy. Those are the women you kind of need to shake and help because they are so set in their ways and they so won't compromise and they so think the world owes them something. It's how do you talk to those girlfriends? What advice would you give to those girlfriends? Because they, you, you know the ones. Um, I have to shake it the fuck up. Move, try something different. If you go to the same place with the same married couple and the same, like your chances of meeting someone are low. I know with COVID, it's very difficult with the internet. 
But I will say, if you want to meet someone, treat it like a job. Get yourself busy, get yourself active, get yourself in different social settings that you normally wouldn't be in. And it's going to suck. It's going to suck until it's not. And, you know, my girlfriends who live in the city, I'm like, come to LA. My girlfriends who live in LA, go to Nashville, go to Texas, go to London. Like, if you think somebody owes it to you, they don't. I mean, that's just pity on yourself. My advice is take it into your own hands, make it a job, have fun with it. Like, how is it different now dating for you, Caroline? Is it, is it fun? Is it different? Is it well, I met awesome. someone Does now, so I never even got to do that. Like I literally, <laughs> I want, you know, I was excited to do it because I obviously I've been off the market for quite a long time, but I, you know, I really was quite looking forward to it. Molly, you're going to die, but I'm marrying somebody who's 18 years younger than me. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> he's, he's here listening, but we, he's hot oh, is what he is. Thank you. Yes. Well, don't tell him that. I tell him he's not hot and he can't possibly leave me because he'll never find anyone like me. That's why I want he to keep won't. him. Never. Thank you. But I do. I give that advice a lot, Caroline. Like it's really important. Like even for me, I was dumped, dumped and dumped. Like I was, I literally, listen, you got to play the pity party. You got to like do it. You got to live in it. You got to cry. You got to like just die inside. And then you got to not, and you got to start back and every day will get easier. It's hard. Because what happens is they look at people like yourself and they think that life comes so easy. Well, look at Molly. She has nothing to worry about. She's been married 10 years to this great guy and he's, you know, she's got, she doesn't understand. We all understand. Okay. We all started the same place. We all understand. It's where, you know, where we ended up now is, is actually down to us. You were sleeping with someone in an airstream a minute ago. Now you're, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we've come a long way, Caroline. That's okay. I, I, I was sleeping with a guy in a shed underneath the, it was literally a shed underneath the Hollywood sign. I remember so well. And, um, he didn't even have radiators. We had little heaters. It was like, it was like there were houses and then we had a garden shed. It wasn't an actual thing. It was, a, no, it really was. It was a wooden garden shed that you would keep your tools in. But he was so sexy. I didn't really care. I know. I know. So fun. Yeah, so fun. Until it's not. Until it's really not. Yes. And then you're like, what the really fuck not. was I thinking? <laughs> I just think it's really important. Like, look, I've dated some great guys, some not so great guys. And, and my girlfriends have stood by me through the good and the bad. And I, you know, I'm always sad when... I have one friend of mine and she totally dumped all her girlfriends, including me. And we're always like, wow, it's just so sad that she doesn't have that core group of people and women around her. And I do think that is part of the reason. I mean, my girlfriends are my family and as much as Stuber is my family as well, they are all flying in for my 10 year. Cause I'm like, we did it. We got, we made it 10 years, but I think that's important. And also finding women who want you to succeed. They want you to win. They want you to fucking be a badass and beautiful. And like, you know, not the women who are toxic and always put you down and want you to have a problem. Move those women away. <laughs> But that takes age too. I think I, it's so important to have these female friendships. I don't understand women that 
dump you for the guy. I would say to anyone out there, you know, you don't know what's going to happen to you in 10, 10 years. You think he's your be all and end all. And I hope he is. But why does that mean you can't have your girlfriends? Because actually when everybody argues, you may have an argument, you may have this, you never know when you're going to need us. Don't beat burn those bridges. We are the best friends you can ever have. And we are our greatest supporters. And have you noticed as well, this, I find this so interesting. The only ever trolls you get on Instagram are women. Women to women. I know. Men don't do it. I don't get it. I don't it. know. It's bizarre to me. I want to tell women to be kinder, be kinder, be nicer. We're all successful in our own way. We're all actually, we all have so much to give each other. I just wanted to say one more thing. I thought that you just said so brilliantly about like, there's no handbook. There's no handbook to marriage. There's no handbook to friendship. There's no handbook to we make mistakes, mother guilt balance. You know, I I always say that to my kids. I'm like, you better make mistakes. You better take chances. If you're perfect, you're in trouble. And you know, sometimes we do mess up within friendships. You know, I had a very, very close friendship. The girl had talked to me in 20 years, you know, like things separate and it's okay. And sometimes you get back together and sometimes you don't. It's what you said. Like, those relationships served you while they served you and it's okay that they're gone. Sometimes it hurts and it stings. And if it stings bad enough, you know, I've done this. I'm like, look, I messed up. I own it. Try to get it back. Don't feel like because these relationships are over per se, that sometimes they were just meant to be at that moment in time for that reason. You have to let be able to let things be. Actually, that's exactly what I, I had one of these relationships and she lives in LA and I hadn't seen her for a long time and I really did miss her. Our kids were born together, all of these things. And I never really knew why we just, I guess, grew apart. And I saw her for the first time when I was in LA this time. And actually we never spoke about it, but we just went for dinner and we had, we just giggled and giggled and giggled all dinner. And it was like the old times and that's enough. That's it. I'm super happy with that. We had the best time ever with all my girlfriends. And, you know, I'll definitely see her every time when I'm in LA. And then, you know, I do doing this job, I've opened myself up to so many amazing women. I mean, amazing. I remember I just, I just, I, I just literally before you was on with Melissa Rivers, who I obsessed with. We did one podcast together and she's like, that's it. I want to be your best friend. And you just, you know, <laughs> I know it was so cute. You just meet people and sometimes you connect. I'm very open. I love, I, this job has, as I said, become so much more to me. I mean, you know, I am not doing it with my best friend. So, you know, the, the, the person I'm doing this with now is, is so important to me. And I love, I love meeting, you know, there you are. I, I've never run into you in my 45 years. And you said you watched the show and I've watched you all your, you know, through your career. And um, now here we are. I know. And when I go to Dubai or you meet me in London or meet me in LA, we will have the best time. For sure. I'm coming to see you. Absolutely. If you come to Dubai, you're all mine. I'll take you to the desert. And by the way, I love the name of your podcast, Divorced But Not Dead. And it's truly, for those women out there, it's it's not over till it's over. Go big or go home. It's my motto. Absolutely. And, you know, go big or go home. And look at you, you know, and that's the point. It's, I think, for all of us women, Divorce Not Dead is so much more. It's literally about empowering women to be themselves, to, to live their authentic truth, which you are, I am, doesn't matter, you know, if you're in, hopefully you're in a happy relationship, wherever you are today, you know, just be you.
Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 